Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Keegan Peterson. He is founder and CEO at Work. We're going to find out a little bit about what they're doing in the cannabis space relative to talent and HR platforms and understanding workforce management and really kind of where are we in terms of uh, evolving this industry in all the ways we need to evolve it. You know, everything from operations to supply chain and, and talent and talent management and performance management is a key part of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that world, and we're going to talk about the story behind work, Ian's experience and uh, insights. I'm excited about this because I think this is, you know, anytime we talk about cannabis, everyone you know loves to talk about terpenes and uh, you know various <laughs> molecules and you know cultivation practices and stuff like that. And I think we forget that cannabis involves all different aspects of business, and um, and we need to evolve all these as we go. And they all are a little different because of cannabis is a little bit different. So uh, excited to have this conversation with that, Keegan. Welcome to the program. 
Bruce, thank you for having me. This is also a chance to talk about the people of cannabis, which is uh, super fun and exciting. Yeah, it is. And it, it is such, there's so many kind of challenges when it comes to a growing industry in terms of talent and finding talent and the right talent and getting the right people in the right seats and all those kind of questions. So excited for that. Before we dig into that, let's get to know a little more about you and a little bit about your background. What was the story? Like, where, where did you start professionally? How did cannabis show up for you? What was the, uh, what were the things that led up to you founding work? Yeah. So go back to the very beginning. My dad was a software developer. My mom was a social worker in Florida. And so I grew up in a household with uh, very progressive views. So finding myself in the cannabis industry, bringing technology to the industry was uh, definitely a sweet spot for me. But uh, I found myself in the software world right out of college, working as a financial analyst and helping software companies figure out how to better service their clients and better get in, sell to their clients and then worked into sales. And, and this was all uh, technology around HR and people in the workforce and how businesses could utilize technology to better deploy their people to support their customers and how they could deploy their people to make their people happier. So it's, it's always been around uh, people technology. And uh, here in Colorado, cannabis legalized in 2014. A friend of mine had a cannabis business. He had 100 employees. He reached out to me. He knew my background and uh, he reached out to me after his company got dropped by paychecks at the time for being a cannabis company. And he said, can you help me out? I need to pay my people. And uh, he shared with me that it was the sixth time that it happened. So ADP, paychecks, all the companies he had gone through and didn't have any more solutions. And and so he had to pay his people in cash. He had to pay his taxes in cash. His taxes were over a million dollars that year. So he had to walk that into the IRS building. <laughs> and he shared the story with me. I was blown away. I was like, this yeah. cannot be reality. Like we, we cannot operate in a world like this. And so that's when I knew there was an opportunity to come in and, and create a solution that was very specific to the needs of the cannabis industry. And, and we started the business back in 2015. Yeah. And so why do they, why do cannabis companies kick kicked off these platforms? Like what, what is the underlying either legitimate or illegitimate <laughs> issue that yeah. they have or reason that they give for, for not wanting to uh, service these folks? Yeah. Well, cannabis is a touchy subject for a lot of people and, and a lot of companies uh, still to this day. And a lot, how a lot of these companies are structured in the way that they have agreements with their shareholders or their investors limit them from supporting industries that aren't federally legal, um, even though they might be state legal businesses. Mm-hmm. But the biggest detractor for these companies is they operate on banking rails. So if you think about ADP, they run off of Chase and Wells Fargo's banking rails. You think about Gusto, they run off of Chase and Silicon Valley Bank's uh, rails. And those banks don't service cannabis and, and they won't until legalization happens. So all of the major providers that move money for payroll and taxes don't touch the industry and that creates a big issue. So the majority of the industry when we started the business was operating in cash because they didn't have anyone that would move their money for them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've heard these horror stories of people paying, <laughs> rolling up to the IRS with bags of money to pay taxes. And, uh, Wild. and it's, I mean, not only is it a little crazy, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, uh, you know, folks running around with that much money, I, I know that uh, a lot of um, cannabis companies are targeted, or, or used to be anyway. You know, just because they uh, people would know they carry a lot of cash because they have, end up having to deal with most business in cash. They keep a lot of cash on hand, and it becomes a target yeah. for for theft and, and robberies and stuff. And if you think about the safety aspect of it, you've got that person who's going to pay taxes. You've got the person who is at the IRS building receiving taxes. Yeah. But you also have on payday for every employee, you have an HR manager who's stuffing envelopes with yeah. with their paycheck or the, with cash. 
and driving around town going and then each employee gets paid in cash so they're all a target when they walk out of the facility yeah you just like it's exponential risk for every person involved in this yeah Instead of one bank taking a risk. Well, and keeping track of it. I mean, I, I just can't imagine like, okay, I get the envelope and I got to count. I got to literally count the money, make sure it's right. If it's wrong, like, okay, well, it's missing $20. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I mean, I just, just the complexity and drama would be unending <laughs> in trying yep. to run a business cash only. Yep. So how do you get around this? So, so you know, the, the big payroll providers, you know, run on the rails of these banks, you know, which won't bank them. How, I mean... Banks are everywhere. <laughs> How do you get around these restrictions and actually provide services to folks that you know that every other company has access to? How do you do this for cannabis? Yeah, so the Treasury made it very clear that it is legal to bank the industry. It's just uh, banks that want to take on the administrative burden of banking the industry and banks who want to take on the burden of understanding compliance in the industry. So there are a, a chain of, of banks throughout the U.S. that are supporting cannabis, and um, some of them are you know public. And, and open about it. Some of them are pretty private about it. And you know, we did a good job early on of working with a lot of these banks to understand what does the underwriting process look like. And we developed a proprietary underwriting tool, a Work Compliance Cloud, that allows us to put a cannabis company through, show that they're compliant with all the things that they need to be compliant with in order to move money. And then we've got banking partners who uh, then um, look through the compliance, make sure everything looks good, and then we can move money for payroll and taxes. And because of this, we're the you know we're the largest tax remitters on behalf of the industry. We're also the largest money movers on behalf of the industry, and that's moving money for payroll and taxes right now. Yeah, is that I can't help but imagine that that is a little more expensive to operate. I mean, how does that end up? showing up in fees and stuff. I mean, I guess who yeah. ends up kind of paying for this extra complexity? How does that work? Yeah, um, everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> our clients... <laughs> is equally spread. Uh, yeah, yeah, our clients are are banked and they're paying high fees for their banking. Um, we are banked by these banks, so we pay high fees. The challenge is, is uh, because the money is high-risk money that is being banked and it's cannabis money, that the, the banks don't have the same instruments to go lend the money out to make money. Yeah. So there, there's not a lot in it for banks other than, um, you know, they have, and that's why they have to charge fees. So right now, the whole banking infrastructure for cannabis is, is significantly more expensive than traditional banking. And then the goal is, is as we continue to move forward and legalize and we continue to get more banking access through the legislation that some of those opportunities for banks to make more money um, elsewhere uh, will then reduce the fee for banking for everybody. Yeah, so, and it really requires federal federal descheduling and and decriminalizing cannabis i mean what what is the legislation actually needs to happen for for that to kind of trickle down and and make this a more regular transaction for cannabis yeah, cur- yeah currently the safe banking act has gotten the most progress and that will will bring in more financial institutions it'll create more financial markets around the cannabis um, funds that are in these banks um, and it'll give investors better access to financial instruments as well so that's a big step that's um, that's had the most momentum to date that would solve some of these needs. And where were we with that? Because I know it was in legislation for a while and then it got gummed up. I mean, we, were, is there any prognosis or indication on and when we might see some of those reforms? Yeah, I mean, you know, it would be nice to see them now. Uh, I think that there's... <laughs> One side of the argument that feels now is the right time to put those put those in place. Uh, we've seen it pass the House twice, and it's yeah. Senate hasn't taken it to the floor yet. And you know, right now with with COVID and everything else going on, it's an interesting time for something like this because cannabis is operating heavily in cash, and cash is 
been shown to hold COVID on it for, for a long yeah. period of time. So I know there's a, a big group that's trying to push to have a banking reform happen right now with some of these, these, uh, some of these bills so that we are creating safer environment for our communities. So from, a, from a public health point of view, they're pushing yes. through saying, hey, like we have to get off this cash because it's actually transmitting COVID. Yes, yes. But it's not, it doesn't seem to, to get out of the yeah. Senate. So I don't know. I, I've I've, uh, I'm an internal optimist, so I, I think that we're getting close to, to getting something done here in the next year to two years, uh, but time will tell. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about some of the other things you do, because it's, it's more than just paying people, right? Like when you look at really, like, what does it take to use technology to help manage your talent, manage the people inside your company? What are some of the other things that you do that really help cannabis operations? Yeah. So we, we're helping companies manage the entire employee life cycle. So everything from hiring employees to onboarding them to managing their benefits in 401k to then scheduling them, allowing them to clock in and out of work, and then um, ultimately getting them paid. So that whole life cycle that an employee goes to from the day you're trying to find and attract an employee to them working for you to them leaving your business is all managed through our platform. And then behind the scenes is the money movement aspect that moves money for all those um, different areas. And then you know, another piece that is overshadowed quite a bit is taxes. So we are the largest tax remitter on behalf of the cannabis industry. And taxes in cannabis are significantly more challenging than any other industry I've been a part of yeah. um, due to how regulations rolling out and how these companies are structuring themselves. You know, Some companies have 20 to 40 different business units underneath that each has its own federal ID number, which means you have to process taxes 20 to 40 times more than a traditional business. So we just help simplify that process as much as we can and, and handle a lot of the burden of, of making, um, making those businesses run. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's uh, it can get quite complicated when, you know, companies have different entities for their property and their trucks and their equipment and then their people and the production. I mean, it, like they, they slice and dice these things to try to manage the exposure and manage some of these complications exactly. when it comes to tax, you know, tax issues for cannabis. What, um, I mean, I guess how, how do you do that? Is this primarily a technology play? Is this consulting? How, like what goes into actually, um, you know, helping, helping these companies sort of structure this part of their business and then uh, put in place the processes to make sure that, yeah, they're, they're paying their people, they're paying their taxes, they've got the right policies and stuff in place. How does that actually work? Yeah, it's mostly technology and, and partnerships. So one, we've got the largest tax team uh, in comparison to the amount of customers we have and probably the payroll industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got a, a big tax uh, department that uh, comes with years and years of experience. Um, and then we've got technology that manages and organizes a lot of it and processes and, and files. And then on the outside of this, you know, we've realized over the course of five years being in business now that some of our clients need more help figuring out their structures. And so we've got partners around the business, lawyers, CPA, folks that specialize in the cannabis industry that we connect our, our customers with so that they can help them figure out better ways of structuring their business and, and making sure that they are covering all their bases. Taxes is the one way you get yourself into a lot of trouble. And so it's an important to spend a lot of time there. Yeah. I'm curious what you've seen as the cannabis industry has grown, matured, evolved, how have you seen you know companies approach this differently? I mean, has there been a kind of change in attitude or posture towards some of these issues? What have you noticed in terms of trends? Yeah, so it, we first started this. Everyone was trying to um, just find a way to 
they're they're like putting their employees in, in one entity and then they had all these other entities and they were leasing them and they were, yeah. they had all this infrastructure to hide that their business was cannabis so that they could get <laughs> a payroll provider. Yeah. That was the trend that got picked apart pretty quickly because the diligence department of these payroll providers are they're just massive. They're yeah, and they're good. Yeah. <laughs> and so now there's been a, a structure that's much more in line with traditional business where like this is the the building that my business runs and this is the business that runs inside of it and these are the employees that run inside of them the only challenge with that is that each one of these company each one of these company umbrella parent companies has multiple of these business units and they're structuring them which is the right thing to do uh, with its own federal id number and its own infrastructure essentially um, which creates a lot of complexity and that's where it becomes really important to have providers, whether it's a CPA, whether it's a lawyer, or whether it's a payroll company that really understands what they're trying to do and how to support that. Yeah. And and what parts of the, I guess, grow chain are you primarily focusing on? I mean, is it money, the cultivators, processors, the dispensaries, all of the above? How, how are you kind of approaching the market? All of the above. Anybody who's associated with cannabis is a client of ours. We've got delivery companies, we've got supply chain logistics companies, we've got grows, extraction labs, we've got dispensaries, we've got multi-state operators. You know, most of the multi-state operators are working on our platform and they're all those businesses in one. Uh, we've got yeah. investment firms you know, that are in the cannabis space. So anybody who's touching the cannabis industry struggles with paying their people and paying their taxes and that's where we step in to help them out. Yeah. You mentioned this kind of full life cycle, employee life cycle approach. Where are the big challenges right now inside cannabis relative to sort of employees and talent? I mean, I know that kind of this growing industry, you know, people have been trying to find different types of talent. Where have you seen the big needs? Where have you seen the big challenges for growing cannabis companies? Yeah, well, um, you know, that that's changed over the years. You know, when I first started this business, people were, were just having a hard time accessing anybody who was willing to take a risk to work in cannabis. It was yeah. such a risky industry at the time. People didn't want it on their, their resume. I remember interviewing executives that were like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell the teacher at the school where my kids go to school what I do. Yeah. But now, you know, five years later, it's like, this is the exciting place. Everyone's curious. <laughs> they're, now they're being asked to come in and do a you know, session at the exactly. school, the kids classroom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Parent-teacher day. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's, there's definitely a lot more people that are interested. But, you know, you know I live in the bubble of, of Denver, Colorado, and yeah. so do most people in the cannabis industry. So I don't know if that's, I wouldn't say that it's, that's uniform over the whole United States. But yeah. There's definitely access to to talent, and now you know, businesses in cannabis have really been focused on how to streamline their operations, how to drive towards profitability. The market's yeah. kind of changed over the last six to twelve months, and so these businesses are now focused on you know, how competitive am I? How competitive is my pay? How, do I have the people that know how to drive operational efficiencies in the business? So I've seen a, a big move um, in in the workforce on on driving some of those initiatives and people that can support that. Yeah. Have you seen kind of the the compensation rates, salary rates been going up, going down? I mean, I'm curious as there's more demand. I mean, on one hand, the, the industry's growing. You know, there's, there's a demand for talent and typically that drives prices up, but there's also this kind of counterbalance here right now that we're in, which is there's more talent on the market. I don't know, have, you, have you noticed any trends in terms of talent, availability of talent, pricing of talent, you know, general trends and compensations? Yeah, there was a strong trend of, of compensation increasing year over year for the past five years. COVID 
you know, changed a lot of things, but only for a short period of time. So, so we saw terminations outpacing hiring for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And then cannabis it was right back to where it was operationally and then started higher, started outpacing terminations again. And so I think the trend was is, is that folks were finding more, more skilled folks to come into their facility. I know there was an article a year or two ago in Colorado that the restaurant space was having a hard time keeping folks in the restaurant industry because they couldn't afford the rates that cannabis was paying. Yeah. Uh, which was 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 great to hear. And what's great about the cannabis workforce, like the people are just so passionate about what they do. They love the plant. They love sharing it. They love trying it out. They love telling people about their experiences. Like when you walk into a dispensary, you're, you're filled with people that like want to be there. Yeah. I've never experienced any hourly workforce like that before. <laughs> It's like going into a restaurant and they'd be like, right, let me try it. This thing on the menu is just amazing. You get to try like, <laughs> yeah, this. this burger. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just so different. Um, yeah. And what we were seeing historically is, you know, turnover rates have, have st- is increased every single year. And, mm. and, and the reason why is because people are getting more competitive on, on pay. Yeah. And it's an hourly workforce, so turnover is always high. But then you have that counterbalanced by people who really want to work in this industry and see this as a career. But then right now, the you know pay rates are increasing pretty consistently over the past five years. And that's what's really causing a lot of turnover. Yeah. Have you seen anything either in your kind of your own experience with, with your people and the people you work with or your clients in terms of people that come from other industries, you know, and anything that is kind of good indicators around who is going to be successful in making that transition and who is not going to be successful? Um, that's a great question, you know, and, and, and I came from the restaurant space, retail uh-huh. and restaurant before, uh, before starting work. And when we were in the restaurant space, we developed an assessment tool that looked at some of these characteristics. And, and you, you really think about the, the job that someone's performing, like if it's in a dispensary you know, you've got your risk, your risk factors there. Like, is someone good with cash? Are they going to be good around product that's very valuable? But then you also have your aspects of, are they good in front of customers? Can they think on their feet? Do they present themselves well? All of these different characteristics that are very important for someone who's going to be in front of customers and who's going to be around product that's very expensive and someone who needs to be good at, at selling somebody a product and not only selling them, but, oh yeah, why don't you add this product as well? These two go, go together well. Like you want the upsell. Yeah. And that's very different than someone that's going to work in the grow who might not care or need to have social interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a lot of these grows and they have these um, these headphones where they have different channels where people can listen to music and they have three different channels with three different types of music going on. And, and some people don't, you know, aren't there for social interaction. Some people are. So it really depends on the culture of the business and the job that they're performing and, and what type of characteristics make that person great at performing that job. Yeah, I can see it's it's the challenge of any industry. <laughs> like, it is. How do, I, how do is. I, you know, what does this role really need? How do I find someone's going to be a good fit with this role? Do they really want to do the role? Yep. And cannabis is is got a whole different aspect of that because you've got an agriculture farming business on top of you know next to a dispensary business, which is retail, next to a distribution business and delivery business, and then you've got your extraction lab where you got chemists and PhDs like. The, there's such a melting pot of, of people and talent in these businesses that there's no like 
this is the secret sauce. Like you got to be a chameleon and understand a lot of different personality types and how to bring those personality types together to be successful. Yeah. Any particular area of talent that you've seen in need? I know like a couple of years ago, it was all master growers. Everyone needed a master grower. There weren't enough of them. No one knew how to, the actual technical side of sort of agricultural science of the plant. And that was sort of like a really hot one. I know for a while, what have you seen in terms of trends for what cannabis companies are looking for or needs inside the cannabis industry in terms of talent or skills or experience? Yeah. And you're spot on. The master grower was, I mean, the pay rates of master growers in new emerging states was significantly higher than than states that have been around yeah. for a while and they're just acquiring that talent and then we saw the same thing happen for extraction labs you know everyone wanted their own extraction lab and to provide right. their own and so chemists that really knew the extraction process were a hot commodity and now we're seeing hot commodity is folks that know how to run operations yeah. and how to scale business so kind of back office operations has been very hot commodity as well as hr these are people businesses. Yeah. People are the biggest asset, they're the biggest expense. And then the way that you drive success is, is you get people aligned uh, on a common mission and push them forward and make sure they're trained and developed and, and have career paths. So yeah, there's been a big uptick and big focus on the operations and HR roles. Yeah. I'm curious for your business and what have been your talent needs over the, you know, as, as you've grown, as you've kind of expanded your markets and your capabilities, where have you had needs for new and better talent and where have you found that talent? How has that played out for you? Yeah, I would say, I mean, our tax team has always, you know, the complexities of cannabis are just increasing so fast that we're yeah. like constantly hiring tax folks. Um, so that part of the business is, is always growing and scaling. And, um, you know, it kind of goes in waves, you know, like we've, um, as our clients get bigger and have more needs and want to utilize the platform more, we've had a need for folks on our onboarding team to help bring more product to them. And then we've had needs for training and development to make sure our clients fully understand and can maximize the tools. You know, we've, we've pushed out some, uh, we started like an HR community called HR Round Bagel, uh, where we're trying to bring HR professionals in the industry together to talk about challenges that are very specific to their, you know, to this vertical. Yeah. So it really kind of goes in waves of like what right now is important for our clients or our future clients. And, and then we focus on that until we kind of knock it out and then work on the next area. Yeah. And I'm curious on the technology side as well, you know, given that you're coming out of or you're dealing with services that involve fairly intense and fairly sophisticated technology platforms. How how have you gone about putting together your technology solution? Has it been have you been building things? Have you been licensing, buying stuff that's available? I guess I'm curious how much of this is you can use other systems or kind of other other platforms for other industries that transfer well and how much have you had to really kind of rethink and build from the ground up? Yeah, I think you know, there's areas where we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And, and in those cases, uh, we've got partners. There's, you know, we do have development teams that we uh, are building software and, and those are the kind of the proprietary IP pieces that we think are really important to us and our clients. And that's continuing to, to grow and become a, a bigger and bigger part of our business every single day. So yeah, I, our goal here is, is to, to focus on the things that really add value to our clients, the things that they need that, that the general market isn't providing them. And then we're building those solutions for them and then bringing everything else um, and so that they have a comprehensive solution. 
And um, anything you have chosen not to get into, I always find uh, you know companies that see a lot of growth and a lot of opportunities. They're they're presented with lots of different possible areas to get involved in. As you've kind of looked strategically at where you want to stay focused, what have you had to kind of decide to not get your fingers into so that you can do the stuff you do well? Tell me, tell me about some of that. Yeah, I mean, one of the areas that we haven't delved into is like on the benefits side of the business. We just manage that through partnerships since they know that so well. And, you know, it's been interesting because you know, I do have this belief of like, how do we minimize the cost of benefits for our industry? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the only way to do that is, is everyone shares in the risk of that. And, you know, there's a, the, the industry is still an emerging industry and you've, to share in risk, you've got to be willing to share in, in the risk of the emerging industry. And there's a lot of businesses that are doing really well. There's businesses that aren't. And so that's a, that's a big ask of all of your clients to be, to participate in a big risk pool like that. So I don't understand it well enough to, to um, be able to take the risk out of the equation for everybody. So we just partner with folks that really understand that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I always say that the, the faster you want to scale, the, the quicker you want to scale your business, the more you need to focus. So, um, and often that, that can often be uh, hard. <laughs> Entrepreneurs yes. tend to get uh, distracted by shiny things. So, Especially in cannabis, because the barriers of entry are so big that, and, and, and there is just a lack of solutions in the space. Yeah, and it really takes companies focusing solely on cannabis. I think that's where so many people are like, oh, we'll just go pick up this industry real quick. Well, you know, it's it's a lot harder than that, and they yeah. end up jumping out. Yeah. So there's just a lot there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, pain in the space, a lot of need, and uh, mm-hmm. no one's solving it. And you, as an entrepreneur, you're like, well, there's 20 things right here we could go do. <laughs> like six businesses <laughs> I could start. Yeah. So that, that it does make it challenging. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, kudos for staying staying focused on your uh, on your core capability. If, if you were to change anything in the industry right now, you know, I give you I give you a magic wand, and you could you could change anything. Um, what would you change? Why would you change it? How would it help the industry? Um, give me some insights. Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate one would be federal legalization would uh, would make this a lot easier for everybody, and it would get people out of jail that are incarcerated for reasons that they shouldn't be incarcerated for, and 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 it would provide you know the the medication and tools people need to live a healthier life. So I think ultimately that would be the big wand. Um, short term, you know, the Safe Banking Act gets us one one step closer to yeah. to that day. So you know, I'm a big advocate of pushing to get that uh, finalized and finished, and then we can start working on the next piece of legislation. But yeah, I mean, you know, I got into this because I want I want people to have a healthier, happier life, and and our job is to keep these dispensaries open so that they can provide that to to the patients they serve. And um, it's been a very rewarding career. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing the work that you do. Uh, Keegan, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, so our website is enjoywork.com, and that's work spelled with a U, W-U-R-K. Um, our social handles are the same, Enjoy Work. Uh, so please reach out. Uh, we'd love to meet anybody that we can provide value to. So uh, we, we look forward, and thank you for having me on today. It's a pleasure. I will make sure that the links are in the show notes here and the handle so people can get that information. Keegan, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.